when it was a bunch of no's and there were even sessions where, you know, Double A would let me play my own beats and, you know, the artists would be like, eh. I'm like, dang, what am I, what am I missing? Like, I just had to, I had to learn, you know, that a no didn't mean you're terrible, you know, <laughs> like no didn't mean I'll throw him away, burn him at the stake. But that's not what it meant. You know, it just meant like, nah, this is not your arena. Like as many arenas you can hop in here. Welcome to the Path Distilled. I'm your host, Kevin Harris. My co-host is Lauren Tashman. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. And we're excited today. We have A.B. Eastwood. He's a producer, a rising star in the Nashville and national hip-hop scene. And we're so excited to talk to you today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, guys. How you doing? Uh, doing well. Uh, so I guess we can start like we always do. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to lately. And then once you do that, we'll go back and kind of hear the beginning of your story and kind of take the listeners through your path. Okay, cool. Uh, lately, um, I'm working with this guy. Um, he's in LA. His name is Bobby Gons. Uh, Bobby Gonzalez. It's a really dope story. He was serving a life sentence at 16. And uh, life sentence at 16 in the, uh, L.A., um, he served 16 years, um, and then Common, who uh, was doing a lot of work for the 13th Amendment, the documentary, him and John Legend was uh, doing a lot of work in prisons. He came to that prison, met Bobby. Bobby rapped for Common. Common really liked it. Common um, performed that night for the inmates and brought Bobby on stage. They killed it. The next morning, Common calls the governor of California, asked him to look at Bobby's case and like a couple months later, Bobby's out. And um, so when he got out, Common started helping him really like get his music thing together. Coldplay got involved and he had opened up for Coldplay at his show and they've been helping him. And then Ron Gilmore uh, also got involved. Ron Gilmore brought me and Case in to help out too. And so um, this is this has been August, August, you know, of last year we went out there. Coldplay had uh, got him Henson Studios, uh, Jim Henson Studios in LA, which was really cool. And they brought us out. We had a whole week just to work. And then uh, we went back out there in November for a week and got a nice Airbnb out in like a canyon. It was very random. <laughs> but <laughs> we just locked in. And um, I think these last couple of weeks, we're getting ready to shoot some videos. We're going to go back out to LA, shoot some videos. And, it's kind of tighten up then because we're about to start releasing here. So that's what I, that's been the biggest thing I've been up to uh, here lately. Wow. Fascinating. Quite the incredible story. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess uh, now we should go back to the beginning. So how did you first, how did this path begin? Where did you first get involved in music and producing? So in music, um, I, in the, I was in fourth grade about to go to middle school. The middle school I wanted to go to was an arts magnet and we had to audition to get in. I um, initially wanted to play drums because drumline was still pretty hot at the time. And I just knew I was going to be a drummer. You know, went, failed that drum portion of that test miserably. I don't have rhythm like I thought. But it's okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not a, a big issue. But the night before, I had a, uh, I was watching this movie called Trumpet of the Swan. And Trumpet of the Swan is a movie about this swan that he was a mutant and couldn't speak and he used a trumpet to talk to people. But he was like playing all this jazz and stuff. And I was like, this is pretty cool. And I, you know, and there was an option to put an, an extra instrument that you might be interested in playing. And I was like, well, might as well. I just saw the movie about the trumpet, I'll put it on there. Failed the drum portion, then he was like, well, I see you put trumpet, you wanna try it out? Uh, you know, I made a noise on it. He was like, oh yeah, I think this you might be a natural for it. And so, you know, I got in and I played trumpet and trumpet became my love. And from fifth grade to my senior year in uh, high school, I was just a trumpet player. I got sent to the White House by the Corps Academy because of my skills. I got to meet the First Lady, Mick Jagger, B.B. King, a bunch of people. It was a very, very cool trip. Um, I did a lot of work on trumpet, man. Like, I thought my life was going to be a trumpet player. Mm. 
Wow. Graduated from high school, uh, went to Tennessee State, and realized, you know, the the uh, opportunities for Trump in Nashville aren't <laughs> that plentiful. <laughs> and so I had I had picked up keys in the eighth, piano in eighth grade, but my teacher had passed, and I had started just learning things on YouTube, but never really taking it serious. But then when I got to college, I just really wasn't, you know, I just couldn't find a trumpet path. I just started really working on my keys. Um, I met a producer by the name of Double A, who was at TSU at the time as well. He asked me to be his manager because I was managing one of my friends. And, you know, just by pure boldness and, you know, just a lot of, you know, thinking back on it, a lot of arrogance, you know, but, you know, we had, we went music roles was like, you know, you got to sign this guy. You know, I, I, I can't, thinking about it, I can't believe I did this. Especially now what I know about the industry now, I'm like, wow, I was bold. But um, I had took my guy to Sony Red and this is my friend and, you know, that didn't work out, but we had really got a long way just being very gorilla about it. I met Double A and I had to tell him what he was up to. He was like, bro, you're good. And so like, he asked me, can I manage him? Sucked at managing. But as he was, uh, he was making beats one day, he was like, man, you got any chords you want to put down? And so I played some chords and I watched him put the beat together. And I was like, oh, this is where it's at. Like, I, I just really enjoyed that process. I enjoyed just watching him. And so uh, about a year or so later, um, he was from, he's from South Florida, West Palm Beach. And, you know, in the summertime, he would go back home. But uh, he was doing a lot more production and he was, it was, you know, ringing a lot of bells down there. So we had really put in a lot of work kind of becoming a production duo up here. And so he was like, man, you want to come home with me? I got a lot of things that we maybe we can get into. And I was like, why not? I dropped out. We shot down to Florida and we got busy. He got a, um, a publishing deal that really wasn't a good publishing deal at all. <laughs> but it was just, you know, the first opportunity we had to produce. And we ended up linking with Kodak Black very early. A lot of the early Kodak Black stuff we went on. Um, we were always in We The Best Studios. We were always working out of there. Um, and I really got to home. I, I didn't even own my own laptop at the time. Uh, but I was just like, was, I was attached to him because he was the key to me being able to make things, make beats. And um, for like three, four years, man, I spent half my years down in South Florida, just, just going in, you know, I, I was, I was in front of big guys very early in my production years. And, um, you know, we didn't, we called it black, we landed a lot of stuff, but we had pitches to a lot of people. I mean, you name it, Rick Ross, Ace Hood, Amigos, Flo Rider. Like, it was a lot of people we got to pitch to, but the sound just wasn't there yet. We were still learning. You know, I my problem back then was I I did too much. Like, I, yeah. I'm i doing a beat, and I'm like, yeah, you know what this needs? A French horn. You know, I'm just, I'm just adding things. And I didn't know that using, you know, space is so important. But, um. Yeah, for about four years, uh, from like 2013, 2017, I was down there. Um, me and my, my part of Double A, we ended up we just go, kind of going our separate ways because, you know, we were doing heavy trap stuff, which is fine. I love it. But I just, you know, I had an appetite for more. Just, I just wanted to expand. And the calls that we were getting at that time were just, you know, for trap stuff. And Double A is a genius at that. And I can do it, but not to the extent that he has. And so I was like, yo, you got it you know what i mean like you they call it your number go you know and it didn't go over well then just because you know i even i didn't know how to communicate that it wasn't me trying to leave the team it was just me like yo i i i see the sky right now man i you know i'm trying to test the limits mm -hmm. so i left and came back home and started investing with my friends uh brian taylor we've been knowing each other since fifth grade at the time that i was in florida you know learning how to produce he was in a boy band group and they were traveling around the world and stuff and but he had desires to really be his own artist too and so when we would see each other when we were both were in town you know he would play me these these songs that he had been working on that's just him and I'm like bro you're good you're really good and I play him my beats and he's like yo you're good and so it got to the point where you know I was excited that he was, you know, getting this cool cultured experience around the world. They sung the national anthem in Hawaii for some game. They performed in South America. They were, they were going crazy. But I was just like, man, I'm glad that's working. But when it stops, call me. 
you know, <laughs> like with it, because you know, I didn't want to wish bad on, but I was like, yo, I know that we can make magic. So like, keep going, but when it stops, give me a call. And then it ended up stopping, and we linked back up. And 2017, that's when I think uh, it was just a huge shift uh, because through Bryant, you know, we linked back up with another friend of ours, uh, Bam. He's a drummer, and we really start putting it together. Uh, I think 2018, we we met. Uh, he met Tim and brought him in the fold. Uh, oh, let me go back. 2017, we got back, and then we met Jemiah, and Jemiah came in, and she just really changed how we thought about music because she has one of those one of those voices you feel like you only see online or on Instagram. It's not like a voice you know in person, like, like oh, you really sing like this. Like, this is a real thing that you're able to do anytime. You just pull this voice out. Then we met Tim, and, you know, Tim is just an amazing rapper. Just, he raps. The man is a really good rapper. He raps, you know. Uh, then we met Lauren, Lauren McClinton, who's also my girlfriend, but she, another one of those voices, I was like, oh, you, you exist, like, you can just, you just wake up in the morning with this voice, and, you know, we kind of put together this, this core, this core group of, of just people who, I know, we just really believe in each other, we support each other, we're our, we're our best and our favorite critiques, because we know we're going to be honest with each other and stuff, and um, since then, man, I just kind of, I've been branching out just with other national artists, um, through meeting these people, I became more than just a producer, which I didn't know. And if I'd never left that situation in Florida, I would never know because when Brian started performing, we was like, yo, how do we make this performance more than just you on stage and me pressing the play button? So I started playing keys while we were doing that. And then I brought in a couple of friends from high school who played sax and my friend Ben, like I mentioned, he played drums. So we put that together. Uh, Tim, you know, we started doing live music and the request for show started to come and he was like, I need a DJ. And I was like, well, I, you know, I guess I could try. Cause I, I just, I just didn't want him to depend on somebody he didn't know and who didn't know the music. Cause I'm a fan you know, more than anything. So I was like, you know, I really want somebody behind you that, you know, knows your songs. So I knew his songs. I was like, all, all I need to learn is how to work this board. Became a DJ. Sure. Uh, and then Tim trusted me with his like his live show at Exit In in 2018. That's when I became an MD. I wasn't sure about anything, but I was like, yo, I know we can make this show work. You know, I got my, that was my first shot of like set design and really pulling a band together and arrangements. I was like, wow, this is crazy. I'm doing this now. Um, and then, you know, he allowed me, actually all of them allowed me to executive produce their projects which was a whole nother title, which I, I love doing it. Cause it's just, you know, if I just want to make good music. So I'm not like a selfish producer who like everything's gotta be me. I'm like, nah, man, I, I'm recruiting other producers, bringing other people in. I'm like, yo, this is, I think you got the texture we're looking for. I don't know, man, it's just a lot of, a lot of cool experimenting through like them trusting me. I got to really find a lot of avenues I didn't know was possible. And so um, here we are in 2021. And, you know, I'm doing a lot of things. Sure. Uh, I, I stay pretty busy just because I just, you know, I just enjoy making good music. I enjoy playing good music. I, I, um, it's really all that matters to me. You know, I'm sure. not really one for politics. And, you know, the, I know the business is, can be pretty sucky, you know, but like I, making good music, is, it beats all of that. Sure. And so that's a that's a I think that covered everything, man. Yeah. Sure. And so I'm gonna come back to 2021. I do want to go back to a couple of points you mentioned. I actually mm -hmm. have two questions to start off. Uh, so was it fourth grade that you visited the White House, or was that a little bit later? Oh no, that was my senior year. Oh, that's right. School. Okay, so yeah. during the senior year, do you think that experience changed your path at all? Just meeting all the Mick Jagger and all the others you mentioned. Oh, absolutely, because I. You know, I love all types of music and I always have. And at that time, all I was playing was jazz. I was just a jazz trumpet player, you know. And to see how all these other legendary names, like they respect the craft of jazz and they were, and not just because it was jazz, because they know what it takes to be good at it. And like, I was called into this space because the recording academy and there was a couple other people involved. They just saw my talent and was like, you're good. I remember it was Michelle Obama, she spoke to us for about 30 minutes. And once she complimented my suit, I'll never forget that, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> but um, also That's she awesome. was like, 
I'll, don't ever forget that you all are here because you, you know, you're some of the best of the best. That's why you're here. And I was like, well, I, I've never, you know, I've always like strived to be great, but you know, it, it, it's just different. Like you're sitting in the White House with the First Lady, with all these legends, and like they're telling y'all, yeah, you're some of the best in the country. And I'm like, okay, you know, my confidence should never go below this point, mm. you know. Sure. So that 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 just that put my confidence at a, a, a not untouchable, but you know, just a unmovable level. Like you know, I have this always that you know you you know how to put in work, and that work is rewarded, you know, in big ways. What if I focus in? For sure. And so that you mentioned also that when you are working with uh, the trap, more of the trap style music. Mm -hmm. You were kind of getting pitches, but it wasn't going well. How did that impact your mindset? And was there, like, were you taking note at that time that there were adjustments that uh, you needed to do to maintain that momentum? Oh, yeah. I mean, I had to, for me, I had to find out what I was good at. Like, I saw Double A and I was like, you're really good at this. Like, you, you can't, I can't take this away from you. Like, they call you for this, you're able to, to provide exactly what they need. And so I you know when it was a bunch of no's and there were even sessions where, you know, AA would let me play my own beats and, you know, the artists would be like, eh. I'm like, dang, what am I, what am I missing? Like, I just had to, I had to learn, you know, that a no didn't mean you're terrible. You know, <laughs> like no didn't mean, oh, throw him away, burn him at the stake. But that's not what it meant. You know, it just meant like, nah, this is not your arena. Like as many arenas you can hop in here. This wasn't yours. And so, you know, I was down about it for a while, but then after I, I got to come home and I'm like, oh, okay. There's other people who receive the things that I do. Like, I'm a smoother producer. You know, I don't, I, I, I can do some hype stuff and some pretty cool turn stuff, but I'm also really smooth. Like I enjoy R&B, I enjoy smooth rap, I enjoy like house, you know, and so, it just, you know, exposure leads to expansion. Like, the more artists you expose yourself to and the more you travel, the more you just put yourself in other places, the more you're like, oh, okay, I know why I fit in here. But also collaborative efforts, I, I learned that too, because when I didn't know, you know, it was cool to be able to, you know, get to know other producers and they're like, oh, bro, yeah, I, this is fine. Like, this, you know, this is giving me hints and tips, like just tighten this up and do that. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. But, you know, the, the nose and the rough, the rough sessions just taught me that it's more than just that. Like, if, if you keep getting a no here, just try another door. Like, don't stop. Mm. Just, just try another way. Sure. And so you're back in Nashville. I'm going back to the timeline. So you're back in Nashville. Mm -hmm. You're getting more accolades. You're getting the other producers that are kind of telling you tweak this here or there. Um, take us mentioned, um, you talked about when Tim's career started, your career and uh, Tim's career started kind of taking off simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that moment uh, and like what it was like getting that first set design and uh, the momentum that you're building at that time? So our manager now, his name is Eric Holt. Eric Holt is uh, uh, Bam, our drummer friend, his uncle. And I've been knowing Brandon since fifth grade, like Brian, you know, I've known who his uncle was for a long time. He's he's he's, a, he's the uh, co-owner of Love Noise. They book all the you know the urban acts here, you know. So I'm like, oh, I when me and Brian started, we knew we needed to get in touch with him. We knew we needed him to believe at some point because we know we wanted to get booked. And you know, me and Brian had dropped Juice at, at the time, his first EP, and Eric was like, it's cool, it's all right. And I was like, ah, you know, I thought this was this was God's gift, but okay, it's not it's not that yet. So when Tim came around, we did Life Away From Home. And that was the first executive produced project I did. And he was impressed. And that's when he got involved. He was like, yo, y'all want to do a show at XCD? And I was like, yo, absolutely. And I think it was, it got to a point where me and Tim became blind trust. You know, uh, oh, don't know what just happened. Yeah, Tim, blind trust at this point. The project is out. Um, and we're like, we're loving the reviews, but now here we go to this show. And this is the biggest show like that he's had. It's essentially a venue. X-Men, like, we went from 
not necessarily, well, yeah, open mics. I know I went from open mics into like shows done by artists that really weren't like well put together to like a professional venue. So I was like, oh, you know, it's, and it's like we're in charge. Like, we're picking the openers, we're picking uh, the, the DJs in between. We're, we're picking, and I was like, man, this is a lot. But there wasn't a moment where like, you know, communication was always A1. Um, and he was like, yo, I, I'm not sure exactly what I want, but like, you put this together, you keep going. And, you know, just, just having somebody that trusts you, you know, it, it, it hypes you up, you know, it builds up my confidence. I'm like, okay, I'm not stupid, you know? And I, I, I say it all the time, like, I don't like feeling like I'm crazy, you know what I mean? So when I have a lot of really good ideas, I'm just like, yo, man, I hope <laughs> like these are good ideas. Cause sometimes I hit, I hit jackpot a lot with my ideas. Like sometimes I'm really, I can get on a roll real fast. And sometimes I, it may be too much, you know, but, but for this one, it was like, nah, man, as long as it's in the right space and you and the artist are, you know, in a trust mode, then all these ideas can really go, you know? And so it was that show, man, it was a Sunday. We sold, I think like 300 tickets, man. I had sprained the hell out of my ankle <laughs> that weekend, but I was like, I did not care. Like, I'm going to be on that stage. You know, the band rehearsals went well, but I was just like, yo, did, did we need to rehearse more? Did we need to, did I, do I need to write sheet music out? You know, I'm just thinking about all these things, but it all just really worked really well. And so and, during, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Hmm? Oh, no, I'd rather hear you. <laughs> oh, no, I was just saying, you know, it was just a lot of really good prayer at that moment. And, you know, it just, it just all fell together, you know, and I was just, after, after that, I was just like, oh, yeah. it, like, like I didn't, what, what, what made me happiest is that after it was done, I was so ready for the next thing. Mm. And that, that was the biggest thing. I was like, okay, cool. Like this is, this is a, that feeling that I felt was like real hungry. Like I really wanted to keep going. And I was like, okay. I know I'm passionate about this. So that moment led me like, okay, you can be passionate about a whole bunch of things, you know, so. Yeah. So what was it like? I'm um, sorry, I'm interrupting Lauren. Um, <laughs> so yeah, go ahead, ask your question. I'll go next. <laughs> okay. Uh, I forgot to check with this. Um, I usually look at her to see if she's about to ask. Um, so what was it like? So you're getting uh, national attention right now. So what was it like going, or was it already happening at that time? What was it like when you started getting the national attention? Did it mess with your head at all? Did it feel good? Well, you know, national attention doesn't pay bills. So it, I, I was always like pretty grounded as far as like these articles are cool and like different people, you know, getting in contact is great. But, you know, these things don't pay bills. I think that's the, the beauty of... Um, really enjoying music because like I don't I don't need anything to be happy making me you know so like you know nothing nothing's going to ever make me happy than actually making music uh but it was it was inspiring and it also you know reinforced like yo you gotta keep exposing yourself to new things because the growth of just reaching out in the Nashville area brought you this like what happens when you step outside and go go to LA go to Atlanta hell go to Montana just go to other places and like really try some things out um but also you know made me realize my work you know like I I don't sell especially in Nashville like the beat selling community here isn't as strong. In Florida, you can sell a beat a minute. It's easy. That's just the culture there. Mm -hmm. That culture necessarily isn't here, you know, but it, and, and that culture not being here can sometimes mess with how you value yourself. Because it's like, man, I can go to Florida and I know I can make 1400 a beat. And this is like a younger me, but here, you know, you got to break somebody's leg to pay you a hundred bucks sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, the national attention, I was like, yeah, there's no, this is, this is the, like, if you ever ask me while I charge you, why I charge you for these beats, I can bring up these articles and things. So it was just a cool addition to what we already got going on. Just some more official paperwork, you know, just so when we walk into these meetings or something, it's like, no, nah, he's legit. Even people here know he's legit, you know, 
I'm curious about it's and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like all throughout this journey, you've been trying to find what you're good at and what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. So I, it was a sermon in my church. And it's wild because that movie Soul, you know, did the same thing to me. Like, I, I remember when it came out, people were just like, oh, it's a great movie. And I was like, I think it is a great movie. You know, but I was like, I was wondering, like, you know, why it was such a great movie, but it touched on this sermon that had really stuck with me. It's the difference between purpose and passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, like music, I, you know, and, and I could be wrong. I think it's different for everybody. But for me, music can never be my purpose. I think a purpose is more of a, it's more of, it, it, it's something else. A passion is something that you love to do. Music is my passion and my purpose is uh, helping people. I just mm-hmm. enjoy helping people regardless of what it is. And so, my early years, I was placing music as my purpose and I wasn't getting anywhere. I wasn't happy. Cause you can't, I mean, I don't know. You, you just can't, you can't help music. You can't, you know, music is not a real thing. People are. How you touch people with the music is, is what matters. And when I finally got that, I was like, ah, I don't have to be worried about what I'm good at if I'm doing it to help people. If my intention is to like really either for an artist expand or like really help them get things together or just, you know, a good show. Like I remember I did a show and this girl who's a, she's more like masculine, you know, woman, you know, and I, like, she cried. She came to the front of the stage in tears. I was like, yo, what is this? And she was like, yo, I just needed this. This was such a beautiful show. And I was like, whoa. I'm like, that's purpose. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. helping somebody feel good regardless if you know the situation. You know, that's perfect. And that's and that's where I stopped chasing like things that I'm good at. And it made it life a lot easier, you know. Absolutely. And so I don't um, normally oh, go ahead, Lauren. <laughs> Sorry. We're not in sync today, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> um I'm curious too, because I think a lot of people can well, Kevin and I try to part of the reason you're having this podca- podcast is to correct some myths about things. Mm. Um and I think one of them is that if you're good at something, then you don't have to work at it or put effort oh. in. So I'm curious, because you've brought up, you know, kind of a couple of times that you were natural when you found the trumpet, that you've tried to find things you're good and, and, uh, and passionate about. Can you give a little insight into what you've put into it uh, to maybe dispel that myth a little bit? Man, so like there is... Now, this is one of, I don't know, it's going to piss somebody out. Right? Somebody <laughs> out there is a, a really big Vince Carter fan. But uh, Kobe and Vince Carter played the same position, right? Mm-hmm. And Vince Carter was a- a- athletically gifted. Like, there wasn't anything that anybody gave him for him to dunk the way he did. Like, that was just natural, you know? He was an amazing player, don't get me wrong, but Kobe wasn't necessarily gifted with all that athleticism, but he, you know, had a knack for the game, but it was the work he put in that made him uh, great, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, he really worked. And so I'm a, I'm a big Lego fan, big Kobe fan. So when I, the older I got, the more I really looked at basketball, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's a difference between just a guy who can hoop and a man who's, like, really passionate. Like, it's mm-hmm. a... You know, it's a difference. And then even, you know, in jazz, my heroes in jazz, they were all crazy, you know. They, you know, you thought they were crazy, but they were just really into the work, you know. And so with my production, and even with trumpet playing, I, uh, it was like, you can play, but like, what's the difference between you and the guy a couple counties over who's just as good? Like, how do you become better than him? And it's like, it's a lot of practice and a lot of sacrifice too. And I sacrifice him, uh, I didn't leave my house for 37 hours. Well, I know, you know, but like really like, you know, I know my early twenties, I spent my 21st birthday on South Beach. Uh, and like the next day we were back in the studio, you know, a lot of my early twenties, man, I was, I was just in the studio, I was working. Nobody heard a beat from me for my first two years. Cause I was like, you know, I really want my first impression to be an awesome impression. And, you know, it's 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 a want that you have to have to get better. And then it's the work you have to do. 
his natural talent is great, but you know, even that can be refined. You know, the thing about Dragon Ball Z, even Goku, it, people can't fly. You know, but even people who can fly had to get better. You know, there's no escaping the refinement of what you do. And I think it's it's scary when people think that, yeah, I got this gift. I'm going to be a millionaire. No, man, it's just so much more to the game. And so just, just really, I think being a student helps a lot. Like really, even if it's just one artist or one producer or one day, whatever you do, just one person that you really admire, just looking at their story, their story is more likely going to tell you that they worked a lot, that they're really putting hours, you know, and that those hours aren't a restrictive thing. They aren't a, uh, it's not labor. Cause you really, I, when I rehearse, I love it. You know, just because I'm like, yo, I'm playing music or I'm making things that I love and I'm just, and I'm doing it and I'm getting better at it. You know, it's not, I think the, the practice seems so, such a, like a heavy load for people. I'm like, nah, it's not, it's not what it is. That means you, I don't think that you don't you don't love it like you say you do if you if you think that putting the work is you know trash you know because <laughs> I know a lot of people who don't like rehearsing or even athletes man I know athletes who are like yeah I don't ever hit the gym I'm like really <laughs> like it's interesting granted like, I know a couple people who are like in the league and like they don't work out I'm like that's cool man but if you worked out you'd be unstoppable you're like yeah you 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 know. It's just, it, it depends on what you want. I want people to be great, but not everybody really wants to be that great. So, so you know, just enjoying the work and realizing that it's more than just where you are. For sure. And so you ended up with music in, a, in the Super Bowl commercial? Yeah, man. And so was that a goal or did it, how did that come about? Man, that's, that's why I'm a, I'm a very spiritual man. Because I'm a very spiritual man. I realize why God doesn't say much. Because, you know, if we really, if we really got to tell God what we wanted, we would take ourselves out of so much. Like we would, mm. we would not live the life or get the opportunities or get the moments that we're like, oh my God. Because, you know, especially last year with the pandemic, man, I was, I was on a tear. And I thought that, you know, I was doing enough, especially with the body situation coming. Me and Ryan Gilmore had just really started linking in heavy. Uh, man, I, I, I felt good. I was like, oh, this is it. And then, you know, we had, uh, it started with the ACC Football Network. And so me, Brian, and Tim worked on that. And we had made four versions of that. And one of them landed for that, um, for that theme song. We was like, oh, that's great. And then months later, uh, a representative from Frito-Lay was like, yo, I'm listening to this. We want to use it. And I was like, no way. Like, no way. Because I was, I, it was, it was funny because like a couple of days before, I was like, hey, I cannot wait for the new Doritos commercial. Because Doritos commercials are always wild, always funny. I was like, mm -hmm. that'd be pretty cool. Especially because I, I got more involved in sync. And I was like, somebody was on a couch and they made this and I was on TV. And I was like, that'd be pretty cool. But never thought it was a possibility. Never. And then it just happened. And it happened fast. Like, it wasn't no, no time wasted. It was like, we think we're going to use it. We're going to use it. Here's the paperwork. TV. And I was like, damn, okay. <laughs> you know, it was cool, man. But it just also told me, like, yo, don't, even mentally, don't, don't box yourself in at all. Like, even the most open-minded person, like, you have to really leave it all open. Because you just never know where it's going to come you know, that's the biggest thing in my life right now. And if I wrote a script about my life, I promise you that wouldn't have been in there. You know, it's got to <laughs> really be open. Well, who, if someone reached out to you to see about making beats or producing their songs, who would be a dream person to do that for you? It's a, long, it's a long, long list, man. <laughs> um, so uh, Adam Levine, or all of Maroon 5 would be really cool. I think Maroon 5 is like, as far as bands, it's like top five. They, they haven't missed in years, you know? Um, Isaiah Rashad is one of my favorite rappers. Um, 
Schoolboy Q, Charlie Puth, you know, freaking nature. Um, if Stevie Nicks is still, you know, making music, I would, I would love. Yep. You're you mentioning I mean? a lot like, of good ones, but yeah, <laughs> that would be amazing. You know, I love Stevie Nicks. I would love to hear her. I like. I would. I got an idea for artists that I've been established. You know, been doing their thing. I was like, yo, but you've never tried. Like, imagine Stevie Nicks, me and Kate Renata making a song for Stevie Nicks. That'd be crazy. I think that would really work, you know? That's why I would, I just want to try a bunch of things like that. Because I, I wouldn't want to go into a session with um, who's somebody else I really like. Um, oh, Dan and Shay. Big fan of Dan and Shay. They make great country music. I'm like, cool. So what if we did just a real deal R&B track? You already sound 85% R&B. So what if we just went and just went for it? So shoot, you know, like things like that. Like I, it's a lot of, I love all types of music. I love a lot of artists and I don't want to give them what they already got because that is, you know, you know. So I really want to like, you know, meet with artists, no matter who they are, I'm like, cool, let's go way left field. <laughs> you know, nice. I, I know what you do. Everybody else knows what you do. Let's hit them something up. So that list is a, it's a long, long list. It it's makes really sense because cool. you mentioned that idea of experimentation before, right? And that's that's kind of your vibe. You like to try and just play around, figure things out. Yo, know, I just watched uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong. And I'm a guy who I get overly emotionally invested in movies and TV shows to the point where me and my girlfriend, we... We tried to watch How to Get Away with Murder. It's an incredible show, and I get too emotionally invested, and I just I, I I'm getting frustrated on behalf of them because <laughs> I'm like, bro, y'all just y'all not getting this together. But I love that my imagination is still that you know that freak and that jubilant. And so when it comes to music, I'm like, yo, let's let's really build. Like my dream is to do a soundtrack, man, because I really want to capture a world. And even with the artists I work with now, I'm like, yo. If you're gonna do, especially we're doing a project, like don't don't tell me project because I'm gonna get in that mode, man. I'm gonna really, we're gonna really build a world, you know. And I'm gonna get lost in it, even if you don't, you know. Life away from home, man. We with Tim, I was really invested in what we were trying to portray as far as you know, just this world about this guy who was moving on in life and was taking chances and was ruining relationships, saving relationships failing succeed you know like I was really invested in it I was like yeah man you know let's I it was a poem at the end that I had written for uh Jeremiah to say and I was really emotional as I was writing it at work on the toilet I was just like oh man this, this is it this is not you know and so I, I'm a big big imagination guy. like it's the best tool that we have as as people especially musicians man because I think music is the closest thing that we'll ever get to the mind of God, you know, creating something from, from nothing, like to hear something, to put it down and like, oh, here's a song. That's crazy. That's not anything to be taken lightly, even though people can just do it on their phone, do it on TikTok, you know, but to, it's not a, it's not a game. That's an incredible gift. That's a scary gift, you know? And so like that imagination, like that's just, I don't know if we'll ever get to time travel or, you know, parallel dimensions, but as long as you got imagination, like I can die happy knowing that I, I, I have thought about that I've traveled to 1600s and like, or the 13, 12, whatever, whatever the Vikings were and I was a Viking and like we raised hell together. Like I can think about that all day and be happy. Nice. You know? And I bet it's a benefit having such varied taste in music. I think it probably helps you create music for your the artist you work with doesn't it oh yeah oh yeah because they don't really tell me what they want you know they they'll give me hints you know kind of how they're feeling like they'll give me a, a cool broad spectrum of you know what they've been feeling lately or what they really like to listen to but that's about it like they don't ever get too specific and i appreciate that because it allows me a lot of space to like throw random things out there and i never tell them where I got certain things from. Like I remember, especially with Brian early on, like I was taking chords. I would, I still do this now. Like the way I think about progressions in some cases, like if I played this chord in this song and I played the next chord in that song, in my mind, I'm combining these songs. 
And so now I'm adding other sound effects that was in this song. Like, uh, example, it's one song that I, I like the first, it's only three chords. The first chord I got from Jill Scott, the second one I got from Queen, and the third one I got from Tyrese. They, they, now, these are just, now, if you take that away, it's just three chords. It's just three chord progression. It's not complicated. But in my mind, I'm combining all these songs. So I'm grabbing the crash, the crash symbols from Queen, I'm putting them in there. I'm taking the smooth R&B drums from the Tyrese song, I'm put them in there, and then I'm getting my man to play sax, throwing some Jill Scott stuff on the song. And that's where my mind is with it. But I don't want to tell him that, because you tell him that, it's like, okay, I need to make a Jill Scottish song or Tyrese, like, you know, it's just too much pressure. But he's like, if you allow me just to be me and sound crazy, and you just don't, you know, you, you'll get something really great. And so what advice would you have for aspiring producers or even musicians? Man, to get good, like just just get good, man. I think a lot of people discourage themselves. A lot of people um, ruin opportunities and relationships early, not realizing that you're just not that good yet, you know. And like, there's a there's a level you gotta reach, you know. And now I'm I'm at a level now that I'm good, but there's another level I gotta reach to get to the Drakes of the world, you know. I'm almost there, but I know I should get there. But it's a it's a humbling, real deal lesson to be like, okay, I'm not there yet. You know, and that saves a lot of I don't know, arrogance is a is a is a bastard, man. You know what I mean? Because people can rely on it because you think it's confidence, but it's not, you know. Confidence is really knowing, okay, cool. <clears throat> I know why this meeting didn't go well. My thing, my stuff wasn't mixed right, you know. Yeah, I just see a lot of really good, talented people who just don't know that it's okay not to be that good, but know you're not that good and like really work it, you know. I keep going back to basketball. Like I, I, I can't, I can't get a scholarship anywhere. I know that, you know, those dreams are over. <laughs> but I always think like, yo, man, like these guys have to really learn how to shoot. Like if they took their skills from when they first started playing basketball and trying to try for NBA team. It wouldn't work. And then it didn't work with anything in life like that. So it's like, yo, get good and then do everything else. Because it, it, it all comes easier. It'd be a way smoother process. For sure. And it, it's not uncommon to hear that, that you think one might think they're good, think they're good, think they're good. And then the next level is realizing, as you just pointed out, I now realize that I wasn't as good, at least back then, as I thought. Now I need to get better to go to the next level. And it sounds like you've reached that awareness. Oh man, it happens all the time. Like you just, I mean, and that's that's where like the collaborations have taught me because like yeah, it, collaborating with some producers, I know I'm better than them, and I'm like okay, cool, but not not in a, like a crazy way, but like oh, okay, I know I've been doing this longer, and I just you know whole lot of things that I, I've literally just sat down and studied that I have you know over them at the time, but then you meet another producer, and it's like oh, you're a wizard, like <laughs> you're not of this planet, you know. It's not a discouraging thing. It's just a, you know, realize like, okay, cool. There's just it's just new heights to catch, and that's a great thing. Like, it's such a great thing that you know, oh man, there's a whole another level to unlock here, and that and that can be intimidating for some people because they'd be like, why doesn't this work now? But it's like, nah, man, it's okay. Like, go to the next, you know, keep going up. It's work, and sometimes it feels like a steep hill, but why else would you do this if not, you know, for the challenge, you know? Like, if it was easy, there wouldn't be a Grammys. Everybody would just have a Grammy or a VMA if it was just that easy. There's a reason why it's not. That's that's a beautiful thing. It makes it makes the best out of a person, you know, trying to become the best. You obviously sound like you have a great outlook on this. <laughs> Are there times where you lose sight of this outlook? Oh God, yes. What? What's yeah, that right like? now, <laughs> I'm currently. Uh, I work for the state right now for the Department of Transportation. I'm a bridge repair engineer. You know, I have asthma, and so I always know like I got to keep my medicine up to date and stuff. And like insurance is a beautiful thing. And so, you know, I've had this job for four years, and amazing things have had have happened with music in these last four years. Like things I never thought would ever happen, but I've still maintained this job. And sometimes, you know, working this job, even though it's cool and it's, it's, this is the most 
lax job I could ever have. Like these guys understand. Well, they don't understand, but they understand that I'm I'm really passionate about music. And like if I need to take off, it's no problem. If I need to leave early, it's no problem. If I, you know, I'm gonna miss a couple of days, they work with me. You know, it's a rare position, but sometimes, you know, waking up to go uh pour concrete and go jackhammer, I'm like, oh, this sucks so bad. You can start thinking your music sucks too. But it's like, no, this is just like the fact that you have a job that I still get a paycheck, I still pay my rent with this job. I have insurance through this job, you know. This is a it's just a blessing in the skies, you know. The fact that I can still be just as free and it, it brings me discipline because I, I gotta wake up and go to work, you know, just I don't know where I would be without just that bit of discipline. Like that's helped me in music, you knowing like, yo, time is it's, it's of the essence here. Like, yo, I, I got to go to work in the morning. Let's make the best of this studio session right now. I don't mind staying up late for a stay up and just a lollygag in the studio. Mm-hmm. But it's time to definitely early in the mornings. I'm not a, I'm not a morning person. So yeah, early in the mornings, man, <laughs> my emotions get crazy and I get sad so fast. You know, but, you know, you just, you just keep pushing. You just keep pushing and get through the day and, and you'll be fine. But yeah, there's times all the time. I'm just like, you know what? It's not made out for this. I'm about to, you know, go sell insurance or something, you know? Because, <laughs> like, I wish, like, you can get a music degree and you still not have the job of your dreams, which sucks, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you're going to have to tough this out regardless. Like, you can stop this job and you're just going to be broke and, and chase. You know, you can have this job and have some funds while you chase. For sure. Yeah, it's, uh, in the contrast, um, I had a, not exactly the same experience, but on the other project that I was working on, I went like from one week, I was in the middle of summer at a music festival with backstage access and VIP access. Mm. And then the next week I was sitting in an office and I couldn't help but think when I was back in the office that I wish I was on back <laughs> in the festival, you know? And I'm sure you oh, feel yeah. the same way with your experiences you're having. Man, I enjoy the outside it's great you know i don't enjoy you know i don't know if you've ever poured concrete if you haven't that's good for you <laughs> you know what i mean it's, it's a very dirty thing you know it's very tedious you know and like it, it, I, I can catch myself sometimes just like i don't i've never wanted to be good at pouring concrete I never wanted to be good at working a bulldozer or a track hole. I never wanted to be good at jackhammering. And sometimes, like, at work, I'm doing a really good job. But I'm like, you know, am I losing myself <laughs> by being a really good construction worker? It's like, no, it's okay. You know what I mean? It's just a, it's just a cool part of life, just a skill that you have. You know, when music starts paying the bills, you're going to miss doing it. You know, that's how I really think. Like, it's going to be one day I wake up and wish I could hop in a, in a bulldozer and tear down stuff. You know, I would be like, damn. This would be nice to do. Even now, like I, I drive and see construction going on and be like, he's working the hell out of that rig right now. <laughs> you know, like this is great. <laughs> it's just cool. It's just cool to be coached in that way. But it's definitely times where, you know, I think it's it's just yin and yang, you know, it just it keeps you balanced knowing or thinking about things that, you know, you you'd rather do. But the fact that you're still at the job pushing through, that's just a statement to, you know, your um yeah, what the word? It's a good word too. Uh, oh no, there it is. Perseverance. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a really good, you know, picture of your perseverance that even though you, you know, you you feel these ways that can feel real low, that you still finish this other job. That's a, it's a beautiful thing, and that's a really beautiful thing. I think you're better. You're we're better people because even though you know what you want, that you you don't lack at another place because you're not you know not where you want to be sure and our first episode guest kevin rapillo he tells a story of they were promoting the their single and it hit number one at the same time he was still working his day job and mm. so he's working at a hotel in nashville checking somebody in they look at the mm-hmm. television their videos on number one they look at him <laughs> and he said yeah that's me and, <laughs> mm-hmm. so. man brian got signed prescription and he was working at a restaurant uh street symphony a guy who's from here he was working at sprint when he got grammy nominated my girlfriend is one of grammy she's a nanny 
You know what I mean? It's like it's the 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 reality of music isn't what we would you know we think it is or what what is glamorized to be. You know, my parents love them to death, and they're amazingly supportive. My dad will say some things sometimes. I'm like, you don't realize we're in 2021, do you? He's like, I need to get some songs on the radio. I'm like, Pops, you know, we can't just doo-wop in the radio station and get put on, man. <laughs> this is a whole different ball game. You got to pay to play here, you know. But, yeah, that, that's truly the reality. Like, yo, you could be doing a whole lot and still be at your job. <laughs> it is music. This is, yeah, man, that's why you got to love it. You gotta love it, man, because this thing will confuse the hell out of you. Super Bowl commercial, I thought my life was about to change. <laughs> and it did in a lot of ways, but I'm also still at work. <laughs> so I'm like, oh. I was like, okay, cool. This is, all right, we'll, we'll keep pushing. Like, we're still, you're still accomplishing things. You're still getting the notoriety, but yeah, you still gotta have, you still gotta be a regular adult in the world. Groceries are good. <laughs> groceries are fantastic <laughs> they are so great so what so, do you want oh go ahead Lauren. nope you go okay. it, we might be on the same track yes yeah, so i was just gonna <laughs> ask uh, what do you want the listeners to see as the biggest takeaway from your story man to really love what you do like really fall in love with it, even when it's like I think I may be too obsessed. Like, no, just, just dive in, man. I feel like life is too short. Life is uh, fragile. The world is crazy. The U.S. is a very wild place. Like, if you don't love something, you'll hate everything. So just love what you do, you know? And I, I, if you really love, like, you, you can say, I love doing this. Like, you really love it. Like, it'll, it'll help you through a lot. You know, music has has helped me grow. You know, it's helped me take risks. It's helped me get my life. I, I learned how to love through music. I learned how how to forgive through music. You know, like it's just it, it's because you love it. It's becoming a part of you. Know, I take lyrics to heart. Like if I hear a lyric that's too good, I'm like, I'm gonna just tat it. Like this is this is amazing. But you know, just to if you get anything from me, like really love what you do and if you don't know what love is go find you can look up any artist look up a michael jackson or a prince that's love you know what i mean like prince didn't he he didn't want to put any of his music on social platform he's like yo i love what i do too much for it to be me making g.004 off a of stream like it's worth too much more like that's love it sounds crazy but that's real love so just love what you do well, A.B., we appreciate you taking the time. It's been a fascinating story. I loved uh, getting the chance to talk to you. No, yeah, absolutely. I had a great time. Yeah, it's been awesome. And best of luck on this current project. What a cool story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is going to be cool, man. It's got some some really intense surprises on on this project, too. It's going to be really fun. So I can't wait for the world to get to, get to see it, get to hear it. Yeah, and I'm sure by the time uh, my next year, you'll uh, be even bigger things will be going on so we'll say we talked to you when you know we knew you <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate that the path distilled is hosted by kevin harris and lauren tashman created and produced by kevin harris the content is copyrighted by the path distilled all right preserved.